Good morning and good afternoon, depending on wherever you at. The time of this recording, this is episode 84 of the Restricted Zone Podcast, and I'm with a great crew today. Jonah, introduce yourself, man. Yes, sir. It's the General Jonah coming at y'all. Week 17 coming up. We are winding down on the NFL season. We've got a lot to get into. Let's go. A lot to get into indeed, Mr. General. Johnny, introduce yourself, man. Hello, world. Just Johnny tapping in. Johnny, just Johnny. Greg, introduce yourself, man. What's going on, y'all? Ready for a good show? Ready for a good show, indeed, Jonathan. Take over. Yes, sir. So, we, like I just said, we are winding down towards the end of the 2022 NFL season. The playoff picture is becoming more and more clear, but that wild card picture in both conferences is still pretty crowded. So, who takes the final? who takes the final playoff spots? We're going to get into that. Nathaniel Hackett is out at head coach of the, of the Denver Broncos. Who was more of the problem for the 4-11 Broncos? Was it Hackett or Russell Wilson? Carson Wentz takes back his starting position at quarterback for the Commanders. And finally, the Eagles suffered just their second loss of the season in Dallas with Gardner Minshew at quarterback, keeping the Cowboys division championship hopes alive. We're going to get into all of those topics. But first, just want to take a moment to... I guess congratulate one of the NFL's greatest defensive players ever. Earlier this week, J.J. Watt, he announced that he will be retiring at the end of the 2022 season. Watt, he played 12 seasons, 10 of those with the Houston Texans. He spent the last two years in Arizona with the Cardinals. In his time at Houston, Watt earned three Defensive Player of the Year awards in four seasons. He was a five-time first-team All-Pro, five-time Pro Bowler, two-time sack leader, and was a Walter Payton Man of the Year Award winner in 2017 for his charitable work in the wake of Hurricane Harvey in Houston. So from all of us at Restricted Zone Podcast, just want to say congratulations to J.J. Watt on a tremendous career, for sure, first ballot Hall of Famer, in my opinion, even with all the injuries and all the time he missed, the dude's a Hall of Famer, maybe a first team, first ballot Hall of Famer, excuse me, and Easily the greatest Houston Texan of all time in just their short 20-year history. So um, before we just quickly move on, anybody have any thoughts on J.J. Watt? Yeah, I absolutely um, I absolutely want to give my shout-outs to J.J. Watt, too. Um, one of the guys that I'm, I'm going to be mad because I feel like he always deserved a ring. One of those players is going to go down with not having a Super Bowl ring that I think deserved one. But uh, one, of the, one of my favorite things about him, um, as I remember watching him throughout his career, I remember there was like a um, there was like a stretch. I think it was back in like 2012, where he had like 12 pass deflections in like a nine game time span. Like quarterbacks could not just throw over him. Like there, there, there was just this this one point. I don't know if it was if it was his timing, but he was like third that in the year 2012. I think the Houston Texans. I think that was like their best year, like in a while. Like and he was just. I think that was his defensive player of the year. Um, running. I think he got it that year, but uh, I remember he was like third on the list of yeah. That was his, that was his uh his first defensive okay. player of the year. Yep. Yeah, bro. He was like third on the list of pass deflections, and I think the others. And I think that list was had like nothing but defensive backs on it. So to see like a defensive end on like the list of like third in the league at pass deflections, like twelve pass deflections in the night game time span. I remember um. Um, one of the announcers, one of the analysts, he said, I'm just going to start calling this kid J.J. Swat from now on. And I just bust out laughing. So 
that's just one of the main things. Oh, it was John Gruden. John Gruden. That's who. <laughs> that's who said that. And that's one of the main things that stood out to me as far as his athletic ability. I've never seen a defensive end do stuff like that. Um, JJ Watt to me, you look at a lot of players, uh, in, in sports, and one of the most tragic things I think for an athlete is you you walk away from the game, uh, saying, "Man, what could have been? Uh, what could have been? What should have been? What should have been? Uh, the poor management construction in terms of roster, uh." J.J. Watt was let down, uh, and that's just the truth. He was let down, and, you know, and like Johnny said, that was a guy that, man, you wanted nothing more from him to get a championship, but the organization's incompetence has constantly ruined his chance at a shot for a title year in and year out, and uh, it's, it's bittersweet. It's a bittersweet thing when you watch a guy who put his, who, who got hurt so much, put himself out there on the line every time, and to see him walk away without that rain, it's bittersweet. Just bittersweet. But I know he, he's got something planned after his retirement, uh, whatever career, his next career move might be, and I know he'll succeed and put the same determination and effort as he has put on the field. I don't know where you guys have players ranked in your on the top of your head it's in terms of like defensive players, but – would you say DJ Watt is like a top ten defender all time? I feel like that's or top five. Yeah, no, I think that's fair. Yeah, I'd be. I yeah. that that's fair. I put him in the top ten list, probably, arguably, cracking the top five. Yeah, he's just one of the all time greats. Unfortunately, another guy like Larry Fitzgerald, who's just like just sacrificed everything for the game. Just perennial all-pro, Pro Bowl talent, and just couldn't get that ring. But, you know, rings, it, it's not everything. We, we've seen plenty of guys go into the Hall of Fame without one. But, damn, it is just it would have been nice to see him get one of those. Um, you thought going to Arizona, he might have, you know, it had a chance. Had a couple, you know, they had a playoff appearance last year, and, just wasn't in the cards for him. But, again, congratulations to J.J. Watt on an incredible career. And wish him nothing but the best. His brother T.J., he's going to – you think he can catch up to his brother's accolades? Is it even possible? Shoot, it might be. Those Watts are built different. I mean, if he ain't Terrence Peck this year – What are them boys getting fed? It's like the Kelsey's. Like, what, what were they feeding those boys? <laughs> Still different. Yeah, well, we're going to move on. Just just wanted to give congratulations to J.J. Watt on an incredible career. But we're going to move on to one of our main topics here tonight, and that's Eagles and Cowboys. Yes, on Christmas Eve, my Philadelphia Eagles unfortunately fell to the Dallas Cowboys 40-34, to keeping the Cowboys slightly alive in the NFC East race. The Eagles will have to wait another week to try to clinch both the NFC East and the number one seed overall in the NFC. Jalen Hurts did not play in that game due to a sprained shoulder, which he suffered in Chicago the week previous. So Gardner Minshew came in for him. And, you know, I was I was kind of hard on Minshew on Saturday. I was kind of just emotional, you know, in that game. But 
he played pretty well. He threw for 355 yards. He, he carved up that Cowboys defense. You know, he played pretty well. Threw for 355 yards, two touchdowns, and two interceptions, two of which, you know, both of those interceptions were targets to Quez Watkins. Really weren't his fault. Quez, he just got out-muscled on both plays. You know, you could argue that maybe that first interception was a defensive pass interference maybe, but nevertheless, two interceptions charged to Minshew. He played pretty well. On the other hand, the Eagles' defense in that secondary gave up 347 yards to the air, three touchdowns to Dak Prescott. Dak Prescott was a perfect 24 of 24 versus Jonathan Gannon's zone coverage. So, Johnny, I'll start with you. Is this Eagles' defense a concern going into January? Uh, I wouldn't say it's a concern. Um, I, me, I, I question the fact that we played zone as as much as we did going into that coming into this game. Um, I, I, I don't want to come at the defense so much as I want to come at Jonathan Gannon. Um, I don't know what he was doing here. We, like, at the end of the day, never, never a fan of anybody that's a Cowboys quarterback. All right, so we're gonna move on and. Discuss ah, Eagles and Cowboys, man. Christmas Eve, the Dallas Cowboys defeated the Philadelphia Eagles 40-34 to to stay alive in the NFC East race. And the Eagles will now have to wait another week to clinch both the NFC East and the number one overall seed in the NFC. Jalen Hurts, he did not play due to a sprained shoulder, which resulted, which he suffered in Chicago the week previous, which resulted in the Eagles going to Gardner Minshew in relief. And Minshew, I mean, I was pretty rough on him on Saturday. You know, I gave him a lot of flack. But he actually played really well. He threw for 355 yards with two touchdowns and two interceptions. Both of those interceptions were targeted to Quez Watkins, who just flat out got out-muscled by a, a Dallas defender both times. You know, the first one you could have argued maybe it was pass interference. But nevertheless, two interceptions charged to Minshew, which really weren't his fault. Eagles defense, however, there's no excuses here. Just gave up 347 yards and three touchdowns to Dak Prescott. Prescott, he was a perfect 24 of 24 versus Jonathan Gannon's zone coverage. CeeDee Lamb was running free all day. We know the injury to Avante Maddox and Josiah Scott coming in and just in no man's land all day. Johnny, I'm going to start with you, man. Is this Eagles defense a concern for you going into January? Uh, all right, so at first I would – off my first – honestly, no, in the, my overall answer to that question. But the reason that there's a little bit – I, I will say it annoyed me. It annoyed me to a, to the T. But, no, I'm I'm not ultimately worried because, you know, provided uh, – we're, we're getting healthier. As the season's getting – as the season's getting along, we're getting healthier slowly. Minus Maddox. Minus Maddox. <laughs> Are Jordan, we? Minus Maddox. Jordan Davis is not done. CJ Gardner, he's when's he due to come back? Give him another. If we can get this, if we can get this, hopefully, body, the, hopefully the division around. So we're so minus Maddox, we're okay in my personal opinion, as far as the defense, um, like as far as that getting healthier, uh, concept is going. But it, as far as I was annoyed, and I will say, as far as um, we did way too much zone for me, in my personal opinion. Um, that's not really. I, I was more so mad at Jonathan Gannon and the play calling. Uh, defensively, um, the one thing about the uh the Cowboys, the one thing about Dak Prescott, even though I don't like him, Cowboys quarterback, but I do respect him. And the one thing about Dak is he's a very good zone reader. He can rip you apart. I think he went seventeen for seventeen 
at one point in in a stretch that we were um that we were playing zone. He was just ripping us apart. And I think one of those plays was that third and thirty where Josiah Scott came over late and T Y had got a catch over Darius and it made it look bad. But you know, that we were in zone. Game. Yeah, that ultimately led yeah, exactly. But once again, we were in zone. And and the few times we manned up, we threw in out of them. His his percentage that percentage was way less when we manned up than it was when we um when we went zone. So I questioned that um on on that defensive side. Uh also, uh as far as Quest Watkins, uh I do have to give respect to this uh Deron Bland, because I gotta give respect to their to, to their defense of uh, to this this one D back that they have. It's a rookie corner named Deron Bland. He gave us five tackles in about a in, in a pitch. And one of those picks he stood he you know he hit Quez and uh got the ball from him, which ultimately led to Myers' forty eight yard field goal kick. But um I do have to say that that kid, it was him, Mika, and it was a couple of things that the Cowboys did. I guess it's easy it was a little bit easier game planning for a different style of quarterback. I will say that much. But they did what they had they did enough. They did enough. And Gardner, I don't think he had a bad game. I don't think he had a bad game. I just felt like we put too much on him. We ran the football way less than we should have. Why did we not run the football? We had Kenneth Gainwell in goal line situations that I felt like Miles Sanders should have been in. So it was just a lot of things going a lot of things that I just wasn't used to seeing and um I can't just put it all on the defense. Gardner Minshew had forty pass attempts. Yes, he did good on the yards, but Forty pass attempts, and Miles Sanders, what twenty? I think he had twenty touches, maybe, which is kind of okay. I want to see him get a little bit more than that. Kenneth Gainwell, I want to see Miles around to like twenty-five to maybe late uh, twenty-five to early thirty range on running the football if we could. But at the same time, we just tried some different things that I was confused about. But I'm not worried. I'm, I was a little bit hurt, you know. I was very annoyed. It's great. I mean, we're all Eagles fans here tonight. It's just the four Eagles fans tonight. Um, <laughs> Greg, I mean, would you feel the same way? It's just, just annoying. I feel it, like I don't want to say I'm concerned. You got Kendrick. That's the Eagles fan. Oh yeah, Kendrick, who's not here tonight. Um, but you know, it's, man, I feel like the coaching staff. They kind of like they just outthink themselves sometimes. Greg, like, would you would you yeah. agree with that, Greg? Yeah, no, definitely. I think they have a lot of um, they have, they definitely have a lot of uh, talented weapons, and I think that they get so wrapped up in like you deploying those weapons and thinking that those weapons can get them out of like so much trouble that like sometimes they don't do the fundamental things that like you know like running the ball would have been an easy way uh, against a, a Dallas team that seems to struggle against the run. I mean, Jacksonville ran up and down the field again. Okay. Close to like 200 yards, so you know, like I don't understand why we weren't running the ball. So definitely agree that like sometimes like this coaching staff, like if they make like head scratching decisions or they don't really commit to anything, like um, or they don't commit to the plan that you they that you think is the simplest way to win the game, especially when it comes to like running the football and like situations and games where literally the the momentum is screaming run the football. Um. But yeah, I, like outside of that, like in terms of the injuries, um, the, I think the biggest injury that I'm really concerned about is Lane Johnson. 
because like they say he's going to try to he has an abdominal tear and he's going to delay the surgery so he can try to make the playoffs um and lane johnson is quite literally the best in my been the best guard in football um so like you know uh or the best tackle in football so i think he um to not have him definitely impacts i'm curious to see how it impacts our running game um because he's like literally like a stalwart at that position but we'll see um yeah uh, but the, the 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 to answer your question directly again like this the question this train the coaching staff is like very questionable sometimes yeah, that boy Jonathan Gannon, he gonna coach himself right out of a head coaching interview, man. He, I mean, the Houston Texans, they really felt like they really wanted him last year, but you know, the whole thing, the whole controversy with you know the lack of black coaches in the NFL and the lack of black head coach interviews in the NFL, you know, is pretty controversial. So they probably went with the safe bet and just you know went with Lovey Smith, and I guess the guy they really really want, Josh McCown, is gonna probably take over for him next year so Gannon is probably going to have to look elsewhere if he wants a head coaching position but he's coaching himself out of that and to your point about Lane Johnson he has a torn tendon in his abdomen and yeah he's he's going to bypass the surgery and he's going to play in the postseason so just shows how tough these Eagles offensive linemen are how just offensive linemen in the NFL are in general there's a lot of stuff these guys do to their bodies you know, and we know, yeah, they, they make a lot of money and, you know, they're kind of cushioned in life. But these dudes do sacrifice their well-being for us and for their team. So, you know, all the best to Lane Johnson. Hope he, you know, hope it doesn't hurt too much, bro. But um, they're going to shoot him up with all types of stuff to get him out there. But Colin, I mean, Cowboys, they're pretty much locked into that fifth seed. You know, of course, they can still win a division, but the Eagles just have to win one of the last two games to wrap that all up. So the Cowboys, assuming that they play the NFC South champion in the first round and the Eagles get the bye, are we going to see this rematch in the divisional round? I hope so. Uh, For a lot of reasons. But the most important reason is, man, it's nothing like kicking a Cowboys uh, rear. Definitely nothing like it. But I will say, I think it is a matchup that will happen again. If you look at how it's matched up, how it's, how it's lined up for each other for, for them to meet up once again, I think I think it will happen. And not only do I think it'll happen, I think it'll be another great game. Where And once again, we didn't have our quarterback, but you can say the same argument for when they had played us. They didn't have that. So I guess, hey, we're one and one. So this is almost like the tiebreaker right here. If we do get to meet again. Uh, and I feel like we could overcome them. Now, that's also in regards to whether or not I'm not, I wasn't pinpointing exactly when Jalen Hurst should have returned from the injury. Do you, would you happen to know, Jonah? That was what I didn't catch up on. Oh, like when he's scheduled yeah, well, to return? I mean, there's, has it been no there's still, hope that he could return this Sunday for the Saints. Honestly, I don't even Personally, want Personally, it's just I feel like Gardner Minshew can beat the Saints at home. I, I mean, I don't even want him coming back, honestly. I mean, we got to... Just forget it. the MVP stuff. Yeah. Right now, the priority is super once he gets to Arizona, exactly. taking care of business. I so think... I, he I could think, come back this Sunday, but I don't think Gardner... I think Gardner Minshew can handle the Saints, personally. 
So, so let me ask this question before we move on to the next topic, gentlemen. Let me ask this question. Yes, sir. So let's put aside the fact of Jalen Hurts. Let's discard his MVP, right? Let's discard the individual stats. He gets the ultimate. That's the championship. Right. Uh, that Pete Rozelle trophy. That is, right. So, no. so basically, do you see Jalen Hurts having a couple of seasons where he's in contention or he could possibly win an MVP? Or do you feel like this is one of those oh, one Absolutely. Those ones. I, I, I've seen enough. You've this seen is enough. not a one-hit wonder, man. I, I don't want to. Okay. Like, you see the progression that he's had from 2020 to 2021, 2022. Yeah. You can you can say, oh, the system around him. Like, okay, you you got him his, his number one target. You got him A.J. Brown. You got him Devontae Smith. Dallas was already here. Like, that's what you do for your quarterback. Why, why, why would you want your quarterback – to try to try to do everything himself like Aaron Rodgers. Like why why would you want your quarterback to go through that? I mean, of course, of course his numbers were gonna improve. And of course, he has his natural gotta given talents already. And yeah, having his weapons helps, but oh well. I mean, top offensive line, good run game. But I mean he plays Sunday, I feel like the Eagles win that game by twenty. Personally. I feel like there's a lot of situations where Jalen would have made the play that Gardner couldn't. And I'm not saying that Gardner played terrible, but there were some situations late in the game, that first drive where he kind of underthrew A.J., where he cooked Stephon Diggs. No, excuse me, Trayvon Diggs, cooked him. That ball's a little underthrown, you know, and they get down to the red zone, third down. Minshew's trying to run for the first down. He got caught after three yards. I mean, Jalen probably scores on that play, if not get the first down. So, Jalen yeah, Hurts. A lot of, I said this. He yeah, is an MVP caliber player, despite the talent around him. He's he's still that guy. Well, the the Johnny. The, do you still think Jalen had could you know make those but, runs for those MVP for the next couple of years? Are we potentially seeing a decade of of dominance? I at least wanted. I at least got to say. At least I got half a decade for now. We'll see after the other decade. five. But yeah, I'm going for five for now for sure. He's locked in for five years for me. He's my of, four. He's my, he's my four year quarterback. Seriously, because the last time I thought, last time I thought a guy was going to be here for ten years, yeah, the, the franchise <laughs> stalwart. You know, we saw I, how that happened. Yeah, so I, I want to find the but I do yeah. see more intangibles in Jalen than I do in the and, guy we're going to bring up later. And I'm going to tell you this. Oh, yeah. four. And I'm going to tell you this now. This is the reason that I also feel like because at the end of the day, like you said, Gardner didn't have a bad game. He actually had like an I guess you can call it an average quarterback game. He did enough to win. But it, that just made me realize how used I am. Jalen Hurst has spoiled us. He has spoiled us with his quarterback play to where as though we were just mind-boggled by half the plays that Gardner made or didn't make. And that just adds to the to his case of this kid should be MVP even more so now. Because you, And I'm going to tell you this now. He it's, it's getting real political here because he's so darn good that as a coach, you can you can wait. You can wait. To see, to let the media know if you're going to start him because you, your divisional, well, don't Dallas got a Thursday night game? So we let, so I think Nick is probably going to see if they want to lose that game. Cause I think if they lose, we, we, we lock up that division off a of Dallas loss. But I mean, yeah. Nick, Nick could just hold it. Nick, Nick Sirianni could just hold Jalen Hurts. Like he's just got that, that, that ultimate Yu-Gi-Oh card, like blue eyes, white dragon. I think he's just got Jalen Hurts in his back pocket. And he's going to start you off with Minshew. But, I mean, at any time, I can just drop jail. Like, he's just spoiled us. Okay. That's fair. 
Fair points. Greg, you think Jalen Hurts a five-year quarterback or a decade-long quarterback? Um, I'll have to go with five years, too, because... Yeah, I feel like it's just too early. Yeah, it's, it's just hard to tell. And um, at the end of the day, he utilizes his legs, like, um, to also be a very effective, like, um, signal caller. Just an added dimension. And, like, we've seen, like, the decline of, like, Russell Wilson. Like, Russell Wilson can't run past anybody anymore. And it seemed like he he uh, relied on improv- improvisation. And, you know, some of the spectacular Russell Wilson go make a play plays he likes to be able to do that and when now when as people are able to like catch up to him now as he ages like Russell Wilson looks really mortal now so I, I'm gonna say probably like five years at least five years and then you know anything on top of that is an additional plus all right that's pretty fair all right. yeah we'll see I mean all I'll, before you move on all I'm gonna say is how we Ready, you ready to get that contract ready right now before Lamar gets his money, man, because he's going to reset the market. And, you know, you want to be able to keep this core together. You know, it's bad enough we already got 17 free agents that we need to sign. About half of those dudes are going to get let go. So, yeah, just lock them down because he's the quarterback for the future, man, in my opinion. Well, I think the Eagles know the right choice, the right thing to do. And surely they can't slip up something like this. So let's <laughs> – I think I just jinxed ourselves. Let me not do that. Go ahead. <laughs> no, you good, bro. But let's move on, though. Let's move on. All right, so the NFL was just – man, they subjected all of America's children to the Broncos and Rams on Christmas Day. That game was on Nickelodeon and CBS. So all the kids, unfortunately, had to see that nonsense – the Rams embarrassing the Broncos 51 to 14, dropping them to 4 and 11 on the season. And that was just the final straw that broke the camels back in Denver with the firing of head coach Nathaniel Hackett. You know, the Broncos, we, we know their offense has been just historically bad this season. They ranked 32nd, dead last in the NFL in both points and touchdowns, and they're 25th in total yards. Now, a lot of people have – it's not even speculation at this point. It kind of just feels like that was the original plan and it just fell through, that Hackett was hired all the way back in January to try to lure Aaron Rodgers out in Green Bay and, you know, maybe get him to ask for a trade to Denver. Um, but that just fell through. They didn't get Aaron Rodgers. They ended up trading the farm for Russell Wilson, and Russell Wilson – I mean, he's been he he was good up until his last year in Seattle. I mean, he would, you know, he's not MVP, but he was you know a Pro Bowl caliber player throughout his entire tenure in Seattle. And then just in one off season, like people are talking, you know, he's playing himself out of the Hall of Fame. I mean, I won't go that far. I want to see what he does next year, but I mean, he's having just an absolute horrible year. Yes, his O line is very terrible as well. But he he just he's making bad throws, and Nathaniel Hackett. I mean, the brother just couldn't hack it, if we're being honest. But no, I want to ask you. <laughs> I want to ask you guys, Colin. I'll just start with you, bro. Who was more of the problem in in Denver? Was it Nathaniel Hackett, Russell Wilson? Is it was it even? You know, the O line gets some blame. The weapons. Who, who who's who's the main culprit here? 
Colin, that's you, bro. I'm sorry, my mic was on mute. So usually the quarterback gets a lion's share of the blame. Uh, that's usually the route that most people kind of go with uh, with this type of situation. They'll just throw it all on the quarterback. The quarterback's at fault. Uh, now, this is one of those situations where it was a little bit of everything. Yes, Russell was at fault because of his forward play, but he's absolutely certainly not the only reason why for the complete downfall of the Broncos. The management to – so this is what we have to really evaluate. What's the biggest issue for the Broncos? And then the biggest issue with them – well, let me ask you, Jonah, what would be the biggest issue in your opinion with the Broncos in your opinion? What's the biggest issue? Like the biggest issue, and all of them are like sub-issues. I, I, I can't really say because like, I don't really – if you I think, It's not like I watch Broncos games every week, but it's like you knew Hackett was going to be the guy to go because they just paid Russ $250 million and just gave up a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot for him. So, again, I want to see how Russ does with a new coach. Maybe a coach that's more suited to him and not a guy like Aaron Rodgers, you know, because Hackett was the offensive coordinator in Green Bay for the last three seasons before this year. So I feel like Nathaniel Hackett, I, I feel like he does take the blame. Blame, but, but I'm still but, stuck but, on that Seattle game, man. Was that week wait, one or week two? Right, right. So this is where I said, so, but we're going to give him the blame, but let's look at, so uh, reportedly, it was reported that, you know, Bronco players were not just, you know, Bronco players were, like, completely upset with Russell Wilson. You know, he was getting special privilege, special perks, special treatment, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, but the production on the field just wasn't matching all of it. We got to remember, he was 29th out of 33 of the qualified players in the total QBR. And he was, and he's playing the first year of his five-year, what, $244 million deal? Mega deal? Now, yeah, that's just unacceptable. Uh, who do you blame this situation? I say the blame goes, I think Russ deserves a good part of the blame. But definitely. You can, you can make it 50-50, honestly. You really can make it 50-50. Uh, you really can make it 50. And it's always the coach that loses out because he's a superstar quarterback. You're not going to mm-hmm. choose. We already seen how this goes. Any sports, the superstar player is the one that if you don't like that coach, he has to get it out. That's just how it is. It was the inevitable, not shocking at all. I think it's 50 50 in my personal opinion. Johnny, how do you feel about this? Um, at the end of the day, the coach got to go, and here's why. And at the end of the day, we all, yeah, Russ definitely deserves a, the blame. And he definitely, even he admitted that he wished he could have played better for Hackett. But I'm going to tell you this now. I just now recently uh, found this out when I was looking, digging up, like, some topics. I mean, I was looking up some information on this topic. And, um, you know, I got a- BAS fan sports. Um, I had no idea that Nathaniel Hackett had no control over the locker room as much as w- what was being put out there. Like, you had, pl- and, like, let, let's just super, let's just put, let's just discard the Russell Wilson Part of the issue, which we all know is that, as a coach by himself, Hackett, nobody listens to him. Nobody, nobody looked at him. Nobody trusted him. Nobody listened to him. Uh, what's uh, it was a it was a quote from one of the um, 
uh, one of the Broncos analysts, one of the analysts that worked for the Denver Broncos, uh, they said sources to the locker room were saying that the reason, like, it, it was, it was just basically after that debacle this past weekend on, uh, on Christmas, like you said, that was the final nail in the coffin. Like, you can lose, but you, you can't get embarrassed while you lose. And that's what, um, one of the analysts, uh, that worked for the Broncos said. You can't have, I think Greg Hardy threw a punch at one of the players on the opposite sidelines. I mean, of course it's Greg Hardy, but the point is, like, you gotta get some control over your sideline. You can't get embarrassed on national TV. You, you can't let your locker room fall apart, split up, take sides. Like, you can't, he had, he showed, I'm not gonna say he didn't show any leadership, but he looked like he was just, trying to hold together a sinking ship and I like I'm not gonna lie he only had this was his first year so I don't think he had enough time to to like you know see what kind of a coach he could have he could have been but that's the position that's the position the quarterback is always going to be tolerated more than the head coach like you could you could you could switch those out more and um that's my personal opinion on that I feel like Hackett needed to just I'm not saying he's not he's not a good coach, but surprisingly this should have worked, but it didn't work here. Maybe elsewhere. Maybe elsewhere. But he never had this locker. Well, I mean, well, Greg, before I probably let you go, I, I mean you, you gotta think about it. Uh this is the problem when you're the quarterback of the team. The quarterback should never ever how do I say should never you you should make it about yourself, but everyone knows it's about you to a certain extent. Uh, the man Russ had his own private office in the Broadway. It was reported by ESPN that he has his own private office in the Broncos like building. How, why is he the only player that gets a private office? Like, it's stuff like that. Did you? And then the play just doesn't reciprocate any of the privileges he's receiving off the field. So, but now the real question is this, and I do want to swing this to Greg before you answer Jones' original question. So, what do the Broncos do with a problem like Russ? Can you really take back the keys that you gave them with that mega contract? Who's going to take on that contract? Who would even want to take on that contract? And is Russ even the guy you would even look bro, at? Bro, he's stuck there, bro. <laughs> is this guy worth it? They stuck with him. They stuck with him, huh? So, five, four years of mediocrity. And then they finally get to pick a quarterback, and they like, you know, that's the Broncos' future. Yeah, basically. I mean, what what are what are the other options they got right now? Um, I mean, I think after next year, it's more more of it is like not is non guaranteed money. So I guess they would have more to do with it. But at least for next year, they stuck with Russ. So they I can't think even the best, draft the guy right now. Yeah. So I think the best thing that they get for overall do is just like believe that Russ's problems are all fixable and then get in uh, some what is deemed like an offensive guru of some sort. I mean, Sean Payne, his name's been floating around, but I don't know if Sean Payne would want this job. But, like, to get, was, like, a name. I was going to ask that question. Yeah, but to get a name like a could Sean, Sean Payne. Could Sean I mean, could he, could he save him? I, mm, I, I think, don't know. I, I think, don't know. I mean, they, I mean they, at this point, go ahead, Greg. No, I was going to say, I mean, Sean Payton kind of helped turn around Drew Brees' career. But, like, if we think about the whole Drew Brees situation where how he got to the Saints in the first place, it was because he had a bum shoulder or a bum elbow, like one of the two. Um, but, like, so it's injury those you know, that, and that hampered Drew Brees. Like, I think he even failed the physical when he got signed to the team. But, like, uh, 
for Russ, like Russ hasn't been injured. I mean, Russ had that concussion recently, but like he was already playing really bad before that. So I would say, like you want, like I think there has to be come to a realization of like what what Russ was versus what he is now, and I think there needs to be a coach that needs to analyze that and then create a system where it's like, all right, if Russ can't do all the improvisational, like heave it sixty yards anymore, he don't got. I'm like that, which is crazy because he's only 35. But if that's the case, like we need to develop a system where it's like dink and dunk or just tailored to him to be successful. Still, that's the best case scenario with like an offensive guru. So I don't know. We're we're gonna have to see. But if if they can get Sean Payment, that would be a miracle. Right. Yeah, and they they need an, they just need a whole new offensive line too. I'm sure Andre Dillard, he's going in a free agency. He's gonna be like the first guy they come crawling to. I mean, it's the Broncos. They've been just ever ever since that Super Bowl has kind of just been downhill for them. They've been going through quarterback to quarterback to quarterback to quarterback, and they think they finally have the guy who's going to bring them back to the promised land. They've not even won a Super Bowl, just in a winning at AFC West. We thought that entire division was going to be a problem. Only two of those four teams are going to make the playoffs, and you know that whole division, honestly, outside of Andy Reid, has some coaching questions and a lot of just a lot of questions in general but the chargers you know be nice to them since they made it but you know the raiders and the broncos just completely dis- just disappointments stay so lucky the chargers got to the playoffs this year because i was man that's it that saved his job yeah <laughs> he was definitely going to get fired a very uh, heavy believer on that one because I, I i figured you know they fall short again, and then Sean Payton would go to L.A. That's what I thought, And link up with Herbert. That would have been that would have been interesting. But now he's probably got job security. I mean, they get bounced first round. He probably still might go. So, if uh, bounced first round, I mean. I think you still got to let him go. There's a, there's a few coaches that. Yeah. So, yeah. It's like, it's, like, it's like Kingsbury in the NFC. It's like with the Cardinals. It's just like. You know, young coach with a young quarterback, you now star quarterback, and that that's it's just a disappointment. Like that situation is great. That that, that. But we we moving on to Carson Wentz, man. Let's talk. Let's talk some Carson Wentz. This guy just just keeps he ah he just keeps popping up. He keeps coming back. He's a damn boomerang. He keeps coming back. We keep circling back to this man. The saga, it feels like it just... He came end. back to take back the shrine. <laughs> like, he ever? Only, and, and, and he keeps only having to win one game. It's never He, he never has much to prove. He only got to prove a little bit. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's just like, ever since he tore that damn ligament in L.A., it's just been, like, it's been a whirlwind for him, personally. I'm sure, but I'm just tired of talking about this guy, but he's back up again. He's back in the news again. And flat out, he's going to be named the starting quarterback for the Washington Commanders this Sunday versus the Cleveland Browns with a playoff spot on the line. The Commanders are currently sitting in the seventh seed in the NFC. I believe they're at seven, eight, and one, if I'm not mistaken. Or they're seven, seven, and one. Yeah, yeah, seven, seven, and one. Excuse me. So the since December, since the beginning of this month, the Commanders have fallen zero, oh, two, and one. You know, Taylor Heineke hasn't really won, hasn't really lost him a game, but he hasn't really won them anything as well. It's, it's, he's just kind of 
you know, down the line. He hasn't been terrible, but he hasn't been spectacular either. Oh, two and one. The season has kind of fallen apart a little bit. The Lions and Seahawks, you know, they both lost last week, but they're right on their heels. The Packers are right on their heels, and we're going to get into that after this. But, you know, Ron Rivera, he's like, well, I got to try to save my season here, get this momentum back, and we're going to go back to Carson and see what happens. You know, Heineke, he did average 230 yards with five touchdowns and an interception over his last three games. Again, nothing spectacular. Nothing terrible, but nothing spectacular either. So I'll I'll start with you, Greg. Is this the right choice? Is you know, is this the right move to try to, you know, save your season? I mean, I think I mean honestly <clears throat> I would have just rolled out with Taylor Heineke for real, but <laughs> like just because I mean you're already at one point, you were seven five and one with Taylor Heineke before they lost these last two games, um, which, like you know, is pretty impressive considering where they started from. So I would have just rode out with him. Plus, it seemed like the team really likes him. You know, and they really play hard for him. So uh, yeah, I would have just stayed with him because I think to make another QB switch again for the third time in the season is kind of beast for a team that's trying to make playoffs. It's kind of beast, but. Um, you know, I mean, that's what Ron Rivera wants to do. I mean, if, if Carson Wentz plays well and they make the playoffs, it could be validation for getting Carson Wentz, I guess, for them. So that it felt like he helped them get over the edge. But and I don't know who the last two, who their last two opponents are off the top of my head. But there has to be one win of game out of the two. Um, uh, Browns and Cowboys. Yeah, like the Browns game is, is definitely a winnable game. I mean. And if the Eagles think, clinch, I feel like the Cowboys are going to rest everybody week 18. Yeah, yeah, that, that Cowboys, that, uh, Browns game, I mean, since Deshaun Watson's been back, I don't even think he scored over 20 points in any of the games. So, like, literally a barometer is just getting 20 points and letting your defense hold Deshaun Watson in check. So if you can't, if you can't beat the Browns, it's, it's pretty bad. Yeah, Johnny, do you feel like this is the right decision to make, or should they have rolled out with Heineke? You got to ride out with Heineke, but um, it's a real, it's a real quick side note to that. I want to mm-hmm. uh, the reason I, I I personally am a fan of Heineke. He is one of the my most favorite quarterbacks. He is a walking laugh now cry later story. If Rudy Tupac had made uh, a sequel, they need to star Taylor Heineke. This kid throughout his career, not just this year. Just about his career, he has been, I'm not going to say stifled because he did eventually get opportunities, but he was behind good quarterbacks his whole career, but he did get his shots. He did get his shots. And he'd be that type of person to have you root for him so bad until he just holds the ball too late or he just makes the wrong read as he usually does, namely in the fourth quarter, and it gets it, it ultimately costs the team the game. Uh, hence, he got pulled in the San Francisco game. Um, and Carson had to take over for him. But at the same time, um, I would have out the way the momentum is going and the way the, the season is coming towards the end, you got to go with him over Wentz. You got to go with him over Wentz. I mean, he started, where's Wentz at? Like, he only played, what, seven games this year? And he's like, I mean, he didn't do terrible, but he was a two, was two and four. He didn't win for him. I mean, at least Heineke tried. He was five, three and one in, in what he, in his time that he did when he, when he started. He did like 12 touchdowns, six picks. I'm not really mad at it, but 
it is what it is. You know, you got to ride with him on a momentum thing. And, um, but at, at the end of the day, uh, I want to give Carson a chance because if the, you, you don't, you didn't really see him at full throttle this season. And maybe Ron Rivera is, has seen enough of Heineke. And, uh, maybe like that shift in the quarterback room will possibly, you know, help out his coaching job. Yeah, I do agree with that part, but. I have to ride out with Heineke just because I'm a, I'm a personal fan. I just wish he just had better luck in his career. But also, Wentz, two and four record, not really. He he had like a completion percentage of what sixty barely. So uh, I I wouldn't. I don't I don't see a significant reason. But uh, at the end of the day, I guess we'll just have to let it ride. They got two games left. Who was it? Cleveland and who else? Cowboys. Uh, Cowboys week eighteen. Yeah. Who will probably be resting the starters? If, if listen here, okay, they can run the football. They might get that one. Uh, Cleveland, that might be tough. That might be tough. But at the end of the day, yeah, I was I would have stayed with Heineken. I do want to mention that Carson Wentz. He he lost his starting job because of injuries. You know, he wasn't just you know flat out bench. He broke his ring finger on the throwing, on his throwing hand and had surgery on it. And it was in a win against Chicago, so they had, he won that game, but. He broke his finger and, uh, you know, he lost his job, but, you know, he didn't flat out outright lose his job. So maybe, you know, Ron Rivera, he can kind of save himself with that. Right. So potentially that, uh, you know, that could be, right. He didn't lose his job because he, yeah, like when the, I know, I'm sure the media was asking him about his thought process. He was just like, well, you know, he never really lost Um, his job. And now with that being said, I'm still rocking with Heineke. Can you hear me? Yeah, we can hear you, bro. Uh, like I was saying, me personally, like Greg said, the team just responds more. You got to always look at how the team responds to whoever is presented as the leader. And this is the guy that's going to, the Messiah that's going to take us. Responding more. If the team is responding more in terms of, can you hear me? Yeah. If the team is responding yeah. more in terms of Heineke than Carson Wentz, then hey, they might end up building a shrine for Taylor Heineke. Oh Lord, it's maybe put a statue, <laughs> put a statue outside of the the, the the franchise leader, the franchise tryhard. But I'm gonna tell you though, maybe these next two games, you gotta see how Carson plays. That's kind of smart. Now that I think about it, let's just throw him out here while we still got these last two games of the season. But and the yeah, Browns are eliminated too, so. Ah, man, yeah. they might they might not want to play hard. Carson can kind of cover exactly. up a little so bit. So it's, it's almost like filter. Nah, if he win, because now that you – because the Cowboys might sit their starters and Cleveland's already out, he might win these next two and give them false hope going into the playoffs again. <laughs> Listen, I mean, if they get matched up with the Vikings in round one – you know, like, because the Vikings, they've been struggling kind of all year to, like, they've won games, but they're, like, every game just about, they had to claw to win. And, like, the Giants almost got them. I don't know. If they match up with the 49ers, it's a blowout. The 49ers are going to just whoop them. But they get matched up with Minnesota, man. I would not put it past. It even cool. Carson Wentz. Call me crazy. But even Carson Wentz, I wouldn't put it past him to at least make it competitive. Well, he'll definitely play with a chip. Yeah, I mean, his career is kind of on the line right now, if we're being honest. Is it? Is it really like, on the line? As, as a starting really? quarterback, 
Uh, he'll he'll have he'll get jobs regardless. But if he wants to be seen as a legitimate starter, this is his very last chance, in my opinion. Because this is going to be team number three now to where you just, you know. How it could have been. How it could have been. I know, man. But I'm kind of glad with the way things worked out for obvious reasons. Uh, St. Nick was, you know, he's blessing us now. So we still got a Super Bowl, and we ended up getting a franchise quarterback out of the whole thing. So, Hey, I call that a new <laughs> victory for 2022. I'm not at it all. Let's get into 2023 and ride out 2023 in the Super Bowl championship parade. All right, man. Let's get let's get there first. Let's get there first. But yes, sir. You know. All right. uh, We we done with Carson, man. Maybe hopefully this is like the last topic, but I know it won't be. I know we going. I know we're going to bring this man up again somehow. Whether he goes to a new team or 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 what, man. We're gonna move on and bring up the like talking about the uh, the commanders in their playoff race. They are the seventh seed in the NFC right now. Let's just go through the whole playoff picture and we're gonna start with the NFC. The Eagles, of course, still in the one spot. They've clinched a playoff spot. They have not clinched a division or the one seed yet. Just to win over the Saints, and they will do just that. The Vikings sitting kind of pretty right now, twelve and three. It's kind of a. Uh, Maybe a paper tiger twelve and three, maybe. But you know, hey, that's two seed. They're going to have a home playoff game, and they are the NFC North champions. They're going to need the Eagles to lose out, and they're going to have to win out to get the one seed. Of course, if the Eagles win on Sunday, they're just locked in the number two. Forty ers also clinched their division. They are the three seed at eleven and four. Um, they have. They need a miracle to get the one seed, but they could jump the Vikings, you know, and maybe get that number two spot. Uh, the Cowboys are the fourth team in the NFC to come to playoff spot. They're currently sitting at number five. Again, going to need a miracle to get the one seed and a division. It looks like they're going to be locked in number five, and they're going to be heading to the NFC South champion. Now, in that NFC South, in that four seed, it, it, it's, a, it's a mess right now because the Buccaneers right now, they're first place 7-8. They control their own destiny. But the Panthers, week 17, that'll probably be for the division, assuming that the Saints lose on Sunday. So that game will be for the division. Uh, the Falcons, they're eliminated. The Saints, again, they need to win on Sunday to keep their hopes alive. But it, it gets really interesting here in the wild card because the Giants – they went on Sunday, they clinch. All right? But the seventh seed is just completely wide open. Commander, 7-7-1. Seven, seven, Seahawks, 7-8. and eight. Lions, 7-8. and eight. And the Packers. The Packers, who we all thought were just dead to rights a couple of weeks ago, somehow find their way back in the playoff hunt. Um, I'll get to the AFC in a moment. But for the NFC, who gets that seventh and final wild card spot? Johnny, let's start with you. I want to. I'm staying on the Geno Smith train. No, I can't. I can't, guys. I'm joking. But I um, <laughs> I, I want to so bad, bro. There, but you like like I said before, we we did like um. I I've had this theory before in a previous segment, and I believe, and it comes down to divisions, to divisional records, because what it's a one, two, three, three straight teams are seven and eight. Uh, but at the same time, Detroit three and one, uh, and oh, Green Bay. I like the rally that they've made, especially that game they played on Sunday. Wait, is it not conference records for, like, the wild card type? Or? 
tiebreaker. Is, I feel like the like as far as we get the division is like like for to win the division, the tiebreaker is your divisional record. But for the wild card, it's your conference record. Oh, if conference I'm, record. I could I, be wrong. I got to take it to scheduling them. And with that being said, who's got the easiest of the two games? Who's got the easiest last two games? Well, the Seahawks, they played the right just there. next week. The Lions play the Bears next week. That's very Ooh. favorable. Packers Ooh. play the Vikings next week. And the Vikings is still, they still think that they might have a shot at the one seed. So uh-huh. it's going to be a tough matchup for the Packers. That, I, 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 I do, I want to circle that Lions, uh, that Lions game too with Chicago. Low key divisional matchup. Uh, Chicago's definitely going to play spoiler. Um, I don't think they're just going to give that to them. Uh, and who's Seattle's what? New York Jets next week? Oh, this is going to come down yeah. to schedule. This is going to be a photo finish. Uh, so with that being said, and the Jets are in the hunt on their own. Yeah, the Jets. Yeah, yeah. yeah. If I, uh, honestly, I would have to. I would have to say if Washington. Uh, I don't trust Carson. I don't trust Carson. I ain't gonna lie. It's either. Ooh, between Detroit and Green Bay, this is a good one. Because Green Bay definitely got some momentum. That was a great game on Christmas, and and but Detroit's got the runs up at the, like that. I'd have yeah, to the Seahawks have the Jets and the Rams they, coming up. Uh, it's looking like it's coming. To, based off scheduling, it's looking like Seattle's got the best chance of breaking that, of cracking that, and getting back into the playoffs for the first time in a while. I have to mm-hmm. go with that. And that's just be, only based off of scheduling. Because at, at the end of the day, around this time of year, it comes down to timing, injuries, and scheduling. And I think Seattle's got the lighter road of these final two games. Yeah, if Carson, if he pulls a Carson, you know, and can't beat the Browns for whatever reason, it, it'll get really fun in the NFC North Week 18 because, assuming that the Packers and Lions both win their games because they play each other in Lambeau Week 18, that could be yeah. for the seventh seed. So that should be, that's very interesting. And that's, of course, if Carson pulls the Carson. Uh, Greg, how do you feel about this, man? Who gets that seventh seed? We're calling either one of you guys. Um, man, it's so tough. <sighs> I'm not sure, <laughs> Jonah. I really, I, I really want to say the Seahawks. And you know, Johnny was. <laughs> Johnny, no, you don't. <laughs> they got the easiest schedule. <laughs> I like it. Listen, I ain't gonna lie. Everybody, it is. I mean, yeah, the Rams are dead. I'm not gonna lie. Situationally speaking, we as a joke, but I really sat and looked at it. See us? I said, "No, nah, wait a minute. Wait a minute. I see some here. Uh, yeah. They can get in. They can. So you know what? The Seahawks and Browns fans this week. <sighs> yeah, I mean, I, I just feel like they can. So I'm gonna say the Seahawks. Um, I don't see why they wouldn't be able to beat the Jets, beat the Rams. They can do it. They can do it. Nine and eight. They can. See, that tie, this tie, depending yeah. on how, like, it could end up cursing the Commanders or really helping them out. We just <laughs> have to, we'll just see. It depends on whether they win or lose. Well, that's true too. Uh, and the Giants, they haven't officially clinched yet. They could lose out and just have a mint, like a. I don't feel like that's going to happen. I feel like they're going to finish it, but they're not mathematically in yet. So they aren't mathematically in yet, but they'll probably finish it out. Yeah. That's probably what they'll do. They're scrappy, gritty guys. 
Greg, real quick, you have a team in the NFC who's going to take their last spot? Oh, I think Greg, he just, Greg, he's killing that wall right now. He, no, <laughs> not even that. He got kicked out the uh, chat, but that's fine. Mm. All right, so real quick, real quick before we wrap up, the N- the AFC uh, wild card is still completely up for grabs. Too, there's two spots remaining: the seven seed and the AFC South. Um, the other five spots have been clinched by the Bills, Chiefs, Bengals, Ravens, and Chargers. But the AFC South is down to the Jaguars and Titans, which may come down to that Week 18 matchup between both teams, which will probably be that Sunday night football game. I feel like they're going to flex it in there. And then that seven seed, the Dolphins, I mean, they had it, but, you know, they're kind of falling apart a little bit here at the end. So the Patriots and Jets, their uh, AFC East rivals are right there. The Steelers are there. The Raiders, you know, they're still mathematically in it, but, you know, you can you can kind of forget that one. But the Patriots and Jets, I mean, don't count them out quite yet. Who you guys got for that seven seed in that AFC South title? Go ahead, Johnny. I'll let you go ahead. You already know. You already know me. Let's check it out. Um, cool. and I was looking at, and I was looking at this. Um, uh, first, first of all, the way I'm looking at it. First of all, my, I want to say real quick that the uh, I'm surprised that Miami is actually catchable. I, I'm very surprised that the Dolphins are actually catchable. Uh, yeah, they should have had it wrapped up, man. Like uh, with the with the way that they were looking and coming into this year and the way they have all performed. Um. Yeah, just very, very surprising with that. But nonetheless, between, like, I would say between, it, to me, I kind of, like, I don't want to count out the Titans, but I'm I, I, I'm going to have to. I'm going to have to. I don't think Derrick Henry's playing this Thursday, and they desperately need to beat the Cowboys. And um, I don't think they're going to have their running back for that. And I, who's starting? Malik Willis, is, is he there? Uh, yeah, I believe he's he. Malik, Malik, yeah, he's there. So, I, I honestly, I can't even, I can't even say them. But my favorite team out of these, out of the eighth and the ninth, between the Jets and the Patriots, are the Jets. Honestly, I feel like um, even with that quarterback controversy, I want, I, I I like New England. Uh, uh, At the end of the day, they still got that pedigree, and um, I love. uh, They they actually had one of my favorite running backs this year, uh, Rashad Stevenson. He's he's emerged as one of my favorite personal running backs. Of this of this year, but be that as it may, I will say, even though with the quarterback controversy that the Jets had, I I like them as far as finishing out. Like, because I'm trying to see who they have. They got they play G, they play uh, C, Seattle, right? So mm-hmm. at the end of the day, if they can pull, um, if they if they can pull off that miracle, and because I think they're at Seattle, yep, yeah, if they can go ahead and show up and pull off that miracle, I'm going to say that they go ahead and slide into that AFC because I think week 18, is that a divisional matchup? I think they play, uh, yeah, they go to, they go to South Beach and it depends on Miami if they're resting their starters or not. If I had to assume, it depends on how they do this upcoming Sunday. I mean, they'll be playing. Yeah, they'll be playing. Oh, oh shoot. Oh, might not. It's a tougher road. At the end of the day, I would. Even if the Dolphins win, if the Patriots and Jets both win, then they still. Mm-hmm. They still, you know, yeah. this is going to be a photo finish all the way down to week eighteen. I like oh, New seven York though. Seeds, yeah, yeah, I like New York though. I feel like they're not not because they're youth, but I like their talent. I like their talent on the roster. I like their defense more, and um, I think they're a little bit. 
more not hungrier, but they they got a little bit more swag. I think they got like enough. I think they have a little bit of enough to try to make a push these next two games than the Patriots do. And who would have thought the Jets and Seahawks week seventeen would be? It's a new day. So many playoff football. Man. I, I knew it ever since the new day in football. Russell Wilson, come on, please, bro. <laughs> in the words of LeBron, I already listen. I don't even want to listen. <laughs> who would have thought, man? But Colin, any final thoughts before you wrap it up? You want to just take it home? No, I'm just ready uh, for football. I'm ready for the. I'm ready for all the matchups, the wild game matchups. I'm excited. I can't wait to see who not, especially the Cowboys, and if the Eagles happen to have that potential rematch, I think it'd be lovely. I think it'd be something great for the NFL. A lot of people would tune in for it. The rivalry, uh, the smack talking would be at an immaculate level, uh, and there's only one winner, and it'll be the birds flying in the skies, and the Cowboys trying to shoot at us while we're flying in the sky. Uh, that'd be the end result. But with that... Leonard Fournette's going to shred that defense if they match up with Tampa Bay. Oh, I definitely. Oh, 100%. 100%. I mean, Tom Brady is undefeated against the Cowboys, so it's not a guarantee that the Cowboys will win that. See, my whole thing is I'm not going to be honest. I'm not going to lie to you. Because Tom Brady's instilled so much fear into me, I've never doubted against Tom Brady. This might be the first time I say, you know what? Look, they look terrible, bro. They look terrible. Even when they win, they look terrible. But it's still the Cowboys, and it's still Tom Brady at home. It's still Tom Brady for me. That's what, and that's just that's and why it's the Cowboys I, in January. I mean, that's what they do. And that's a testament to his greatness. Because look at his age, and we're still fearful of him. <laughs> so that's just that's a testament to him. But with that being said, uh, that concludes episode eighty-four of the Restricted Zone podcast. Want to give a big shout out to Joan and Johnny and Greg. Hopefully, uh, the fans and supporters and listeners enjoy this as much as we enjoyed recording this. You can follow us on Instagram at Restricted Zone Pod. You can follow the crew, each and every single one of us individually. Uh, the link will be in the description below with our Instagrams. You can give us a follow, DM us, tell us what topics you think we should cover, and we'll definitely try to. We're on all streaming platforms, whether it be Apple, Spotify, etc. You name it. Link entry is inside the whole description. You can check us out in the Instagram bio. Uh, please give it a click, follow, share, and support, and we'll keep coming up with more content. Thanks a lot, everyone. Uh-